on this week's Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Cisco should permanently be added to the Legends team, if Vagrant Queen earned a second season with its finale, and which TV couple will be most likely to shush. All of that and more on the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be your host for this lovely episode, but I don't do this alone. I have to bring in the experts. I'm joined, as always, by my friend, expertise, fellow co-host, Ryan. How's it going? It, it's my motherfucking birthday. Okay, and so you're guys, just going to come right in with that, huh? Both uh, uh, my wife... And you, Cassie, as the host, and Mike have asked that if I just, if I could just take like an hour off from typically how I handle myself on uh, a birthday, which is basically like the worst person on a reality show. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm still I'm still trying to figure out should I do that. And here's what's more important because producer Ryan's helmet is always on. Does it make the show better if I act in my ultimate birthday persona? Oh, just like if we had like a petulant child always on here. Like, is that what the vibe we need? Is that what you're asking me? Well, I mean, like, it's a petulant child, but it's, like, ironic. It's tongue-in-cheek. You know, Mm. it's smarter than that. It's uh, groovier than that. You know, like, the way that I dress, the music that I listen to, it's sort of like an elevated, I would say, influencer, but it's their birthday. So then, like, they just sort of float above the ground. Like, I'm on Instagram, and I have Mm -hmm. 100 or or even 200 followers. You know, like, is that what you guys want tonight? Just so much influence, it's given you superpowers. Uh You can float (laughs) on that influence. Uh, and just adulation, people are just throwing roses at you, digital and physical. Can I point out, let me say uh, five, four words to you, Zari 2.0. She's awesome, yes. and I am just like her, and it's because we know how to act like people. I don't know, that's a pretty bold statement. I don't know if she would ever say groovy, and I'm pretty sure you threw the word groovy around for something that either how your persona was or something, so I don't know about that. But we did hear another voice, and I let you talk for Ryan like a full two minutes. I just want you to know that as your birthday. As your birthday gift, and now I do have to introduce Mike. So, Mike, our other co-host, how's it going? Okay, let me set yeah. the bar real quick as oh, far as like yep. what uh, is a tantrum. Like the fact that you said that, like, uh, you know, Zari is above me. I'm mm-hmm. about to freak out. But the fact that you didn't know that I said groovy, like, ironically, you know, like that oh, was just was a ironic. joke. And so that's like two tantrums I'm about to have at the exact same time because it's my motherfucking birthday. <laughs> All right. Cassie, all we need to do is get him to do a third tantrum at the same time. It'll be like the calmest, most polite butler personality because all the tantrums will get stopped in his mouth and it's he won't just, be able to do them. It just takes three? Yeah. Well, I mean, Three's enough. He's got a tiny mouth. Wh- what do we do? Do I take puns from him? Do I say he can't do any puns this episode? Yeah. Oh, I pun? motherfucking die. Oh, my God, you <laughs> motherfucking. For his birthday rules, for every pun he does, he does a shot on air. There we go. Are you ready, Ryan? We're going to keep tally of every single pun you try to do. All right, I'm real so quick. Hate it. And I know that you two are in charge of the show, and I'm just here to like get the ratings and uh, bring the funny, bring the handsome, bring the the popularity. But uh, the grooviness. I, one last thing I will argue with, real quick, and I hate to be this guy, but I do think that like my sort of things that you call puns supersede puns. Like they they actually go above that word pun into mm-hmm. some sort of sort of like new world of comedy and messing with the English language. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if pun or pun 2.0 is even an appropriate word for any of this uh, maybe duns because they're fucking done they fucking done i like done from a dunce i do like the spin that you put on it how you basically said like they're all incomprehensible and nobody knows what you're even saying but like you did put a nice spin on it and that's very influencer of you so i am now saying your influencer personality thank you uh real quick selfie oh yeah hashtag lunch with the bays this is my lunch with the bays, by the way. It's just you two watching me eat. And by the way, the podcast is going to go silent at some point for 10 minutes while they watch me eat uh, fries covered in buffalo sauce and ranch sauce. And I appreciate all the listeners being there for me to just let me do that. 
And when I say silent, I don't mean like silent, silent. You're going to hear every fucking bite I take. All of the sauce that goes on my chin, you're going to hear every second of it. But it's my motherfucking birthday. Great. I'm going to start taking shots every time he says it's his motherfucking birthday. So this is about to be a real good vibe we're bringing on this episode, you guys. But how can All right, not Linda, be? the name of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> good. Everybody needed the full context for that one, including me. I appreciate it. But yes, it's going to be a party this episode because we are talking about the season finale of Legends, so it's got to be. But first, before we get to that, a quick stop at the bullpen. Welcome to the bullpen, everyone, all my friends. We are here because it's a big time. The shushies have officially begun. So, Ryan, as your birthday gift, another birthday gift given off to you, what, what is this? So, uh, basically the way that we mark time, because we're all from Southern California where there is no like winter or spring or anything. Uh, is time is a construct. Every year when the CW shows go off the air and you know fall season is over, it's summertime, then we give out our awards for the year. They are called the shushies because if you glance at the name of our podcast real quick you might see the word shush and then we threw ease after that and that's an award we're, we're going to give like awards that. to all the people that get ignored by the emmys because the emmys don't have a full show that is just dedicated to tv shows based on comic books they should i agree um i am a little nervous about this year i've been more nervous about this year than any other year because of one show stepping up and fucking destroying we've got like 15 awards to give out we're gonna do one a week but mike uh, are we gonna be, is is shushy season over no it's just beginning today's the first time of shushy season <laughs> that is what cassie said yes, yeah, day but, number one. yeah so, so so we have at least 15 answer. weeks because uh, what well, are you worried that arrow in its last season we're just gonna give it all to, up to arrow i'm worried about arrow uh <laughs> taylor i don't know if you guys know that name was not a fan of arrow uh but he's fucking gone and so we're just going to throw shushies right at arrow no like Every year, we uh, we get this like new show that like redoes the quality of superhero shows. You know, like uh, whether it's Legion or Doom Patrol, and I think this year does that in spades, guys. Do you think that Watchmen is going to fucking ruin this entire oh. uh, award season? It, it's very likely it will. Yeah, but I mean, it's very. Likely I don't know if will. ruin is the right term because like it deserves it, honestly. Yeah, because they're like, what if we just made a good show? Yeah. And so many of our shows are like, wait, we could do that? <laughs> this is, it, it is the four-minute mile thing where like one guy ran a four-minute mile and then everybody started to do it because they, mm-hmm. they did not know that it was possible. And then once they learned, now every other show is like, I didn't know it could be like good, like good, good, like quality. Yeah, our, in the CW-verse, we've already seen a jump in quality from the normal to Stargirl. Yeah. So like the Watchmen effect is real. Yeah, I thought this would be the week where we talk about Stargirl, Stargirl, and it's just like back to like, oh yeah, CW show. But no, it's still a fucking huge gap of, uh, above everything that we've watched. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, our first award is Best Couple, and this is a uh, romantic duo. So this is not, we'll, we'll do like a, you know, friends Platonic later. duo. Platonic duo. But this is Who is in Love? You guys voted, and your first nominee is from iZombie. It's Major and Liv. They own throughout the season that they're on again, off again, but no matter what, there was a genuine love and caring for them, whether it was romantic or not. But you, even when they were like, we're just friends now, good job on that date, buddy, uh, you could see the love in them. And it just really, so many shows have done the will they, won't they, uh, and it's dumb. And just, I cared. I was so invested every time because these two are, are great at selling it. Yeah, I'm surprised that they like for this year they got it. But you know what? I am proud of them because they're just they're delightful to watch together. They they do work as like friends and romantic like all around. They're adorable to watch. Yeah, I am too surprised that they got it for this year. But Mike, what you said makes sense. Is that even though their storyline separated them, we have to land on a finale where they are together, and we totally mm-hmm. did. You know, and it brought it full circle. And also, it was iZombies last season, and that's a good way to get shishies. Is oh yeah, make make it so we can never give you any awards again, and so then you're gonna get awards. Your next one, and I think this is also final as well. It's Ray and Nora from Legends of Tomorrow. Their natural chemistry of really being married, uh, I do think, came through. And even though they started off with her like being an evil sorceress and him being Ray Palmer, uh, which they, the they same, made it work. That's the same story that you have with your wife. So let's not talk mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> evil sorceress. 
I'm who I am. And uh, yeah, watching these crazy kids, I, I do miss them on the show. Cassie, what do you think of them together? I didn't get to see much of them, but uh, I they they like Mike said their chemistry together. Do you guys know were they together prior to this, or did, was they just have like too much chemistry on screen? I'm sorry if you've already gone over this. And I actually don't know because I I know there's some situations where they're like, no, nah, you two just got too much chemistry, and now we're putting you together. So in my mind, I'm going to say that's canon now, and that's what happened, and that's and why they got married and then booted <laughs> off the show. And they were too good. <laughs> But I do firmly believe that no matter when they met, whether it was before the show or on the show, no matter what, they would have gotten together, right? Okay. Yeah. It's fucking Ray and Nora. Come on now. Your next one is also from Legends of Tomorrow. It's Sarah and Ava. Hashtag relationship goals? Is, is this where that hashtag came from? Well, yeah. I don't know how hashtags work. <laughs> oh, come on, influence. Okay. <laughs> It, it it's it's just a pretty adult relationship, which we don't get a lot on TV in general, and certainly not on our shows. Where even when there's problems, if pretty quickly they talk it out, and because it's just a good, solid, healthy relationship, and they both kind of build each other up. And they're not like over the top with each other; like they're not constantly like, "Oh, we're together." Like it's just a very casual. Like you just see them, and you're just like solid couple right there. I respect yeah. that. Yeah, they don't do that kissing where like they're also holding up their middle finger. Like, yeah, yeah we're together. <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. We also uh, a mom- we also have say- we also have that thing where um uh instead of getting them together and then breaking them apart because Sarah Lance used to be uh totally the character who was like I'm having a good time I'm gonna burn it down <laughs> instead Sarah Lance like we watched her grow up and one of the ways we watched it is like I love Ava and I'm gonna make it work and that's cool right. uh, a moment that really sells it I think is from the episode we're talking about tonight. Where uh, Sarah gets her sight back, and one of the first things she says, she looks at David, she's like, oh, that face. Like, oh, man, just in little moments, you crush me. Yes, that was very romantic. Your next one is a newbie. Not a final season, but it's Alita and May from Vagrant Queen. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, 100%. Thank you guys for this opportunity. Love this couple so much. How can you not when there's one that is overly the top, just bubbly, and the other one is too sheltered and like hides her emotions and the other one's going to pull those emotions out of her? Love that. They deserve it. So happy for them. Can we all come together not just in the sexy way, but in the personality way? I think that we can. And Alita and Amay teach us that. All come together and like grow? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, and then also simultaneous orgasm, right? That's the only oh, way yeah. that sex counts. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. And your final one is Angela and Cal from Watchmen. And this is a complicated one because we think that it's just a normal dude married to a fucking non-powered superhero. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that uh, he is actually Dr. Manhattan. And then that doesn't ruin the romance, but it sort of makes it crazier because we get to watch that bar scene. And the one where... Cal sits, or Dr. Manhattan sits down with her and says, you're going to marry me. And she's like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> and they, like, we watch them fall in love. Yeah, and it's almost, it could be tragic because he doesn't remember, but it's, it's, it's yeah, it's very deep. It's a very deep relationship. It's deep and it's complicated to, it. like, that's the reason why it's complicated to think about them. Because, like, I loved him as a couple when it was just, you know, Cal, just a good husband, a good dad, like, a good partner. And then it was, like, Mr. Manhattan. It was this whole other level where I was like, I don't think I'm cool with this. But then that whole bar scene, I was like, you know what? No, I'm into this, too. This works all the way. He didn't get his doctorate in a borough just so you could call him Mr. Manhattan. I'm so it sorry. Dr. So Manhattan. Okay. I do want to come on air and apologize right now for that. Dr. Manhattan, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, one of the reasons I love this one is not because he was Dr. Manhattan, but because he was Cal. The reason I related to Cal so much is because I've never seen such a confident guy who would fully admit at any point, my wife is so much tougher and cooler and more competent than me, and that is totally <laughs> fine. I do what I do, but goddamn, she is so much better than me in every way. Yeah, there's those nights where he, she's just like, well, I got to go straight up like kick some ass right now. And he's like, yeah, honey, okay, you got to yeah. go. <laughs> Here's your PB&J. Eat that <laughs> on a couch later. Uh, Cassie, so we have uh, Major and Liv, Ray and Nora, Sarah and Ava, Alita and Amay and Angela and Cal, and... Uh, Cassie, before I open the envelope, I do want to point out that uh, Katie and KO were not nominated for That's Best Couple of the Year. Bullshit. And- Horseshit. Who, who was in charge of voting for this? This is a travesty. 
Did you honestly think that was going to fucking happen? Do I honestly think that a little guy who should be in Philly, a boxer, a Philly at heart boxer, didn't deserve to have a strictly with like Katie, who's all about her career. She's going to push him up ahead. They could both have beautiful careers. And he's just the kindest, most pure hearted guy just there to support her and lead her through. And yeah, I thought I thought they deserved it. And the fact that this was taken from him is a travesty. (laughs) I got to say that uh, I feel honored to be one of the 4,200 people that get a vote for this very uh, prestigious award. And I wish I could revote and move them lower on my list after everything you just said. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 I'm remember this. And your winner is. It's Sarah and Ava from Legends of Tomorrow. That makes too much sense. I feel good about it, though. I mean, like you said, it's solid couple. How can it not go to a solid couple? The thing that like strikes me about it is that it wasn't will they won't they this last season and it wasn't they're on the rocks or mm-hmm. uh what and first of all I, I did think that Watchmen was going to win literally every award so that's crazy and it also wasn't I just learned that my husband is a borderline a god. god yeah <laughs> uh this is two people who have dedicated their uh, lives to each other in a relationship and then also co-captain like they work together yeah which you would think would bring so much drama and no work life balance they uh, they were great they were awesome. It's. I, I hope we see more of this because the, the, there's so much interesting stories you can tell about just a couple-ass couple, and it doesn't have to be, is it new or they're breaking up. You guys, there is decades of couples just being together that is not new or them breaking up. So write those stories too. Yeah, I feel like if you watch The Office, you can tell when they missed Jim and Pam, will they, won't they, and then brought mm. some boom operator in to like break it up. You can't just have people have a... Uh, you know, normal, interesting relationship. Yeah, it's nice. They don't ever put their, like, relationship, like, on the line either, right? Like, it's never... Because they work together, so there's nothing that can, like, tear them apart in that sort of way as much because they wouldn't be the job tearing them apart. So it's nice to just have something that, you know, like, you can rely on that. But it, it also helps where, like, it's not like uh, Ava thinks A and uh, Sarah thinks A1. You know, like, they have very different skill sets and that yeah. that very much helps you know like sarah is courageous and uh stupid and uh, ava is like by the rules and smart and i think that helps out a lot you're right 100%. legends of tomorrow takes down the very first shushy of the year nice well you guys i think great great first round of shushies we got this going for a while now um, but now we're out of time, so it's time to go head over to our main event where we talk about Legends Finale. Check it out. Who that dress so scandalous? And you know I never couldn't handle it. So you're shaking that thing like who's the ish with the look in your eyes so devilish. Uh, you like to dance on the hip hop spots. On the season finale of Legends, we see a future controlled by the fates who have convinced everyone that they should not be allowed to make their own decisions. Because when they do, they create monstrous things like the shake weight and thong song. The legends make a stand against the fates who resurrect some encores kept in museum, leaving the fates to prove that they do indeed have dumps like a truck and thighs like what. So, Taste Buds, I ask you, uh, they got Cisco? I would love to live in a world where Cisco is like, legends? Fuck yeah. I know that tone. I watch every episode. I love how like it was sort of rocky in the first season, but then you guys got it. And now, of course, and I'm sure it was actually like, oh, you'll give me $27,000? Then yes, I'll be on your show. But... Uh, it's still a perfect selection. Uh, and I, I read the behind the scenes. Like they wanted, it was always going to be Cisco. And they said if he didn't say yes, they didn't know what they were going to do. And that's delightful and so legend. That's legends. so good. That's but that like- he sh- he showed up in costume. Like he showed up ready. They didn't tell him what he was going to need to do. And they're like, we don't need to do anything to you. Like he brought his <laughs> yeah. own everything. That is so good. His like backup dancers matched him. So did he come with his own squad and like already had them ready too? Because everybody was so on point on that. But, like, that's what I didn't know was if, like, Cisco was, like, a running joke on previous episodes or how, how we got to Cisco because it was truly beautiful. But, see, this is what I love about it is that, look, Cisco is probably not going to make the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if we're honest. Um, <laughs> and the thong song is treated as a joke throughout pop culture. But instead of saying, yes, go ahead, bring me on, make me stand there and do nothing, like what the show wanted us to think would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, we're going to say that you're in a, you're in the museum of bad ideas. And then also you get to play your song and the song's going to work perfectly with the scene. And you're actually going to fucking look dope, dude. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I can't think of a better climactic fight song now. 
uh, specifically for this show, but it, it was... Well, there was the Return of the Mac episode. Where oh, that, that they, Legends they is very that. good. <laughs> They're very good with music. I wanted to know also, like, is this like a thing I should come to expect from Legends now that I'm on board for this? Like, are they just bringing back all these hits, like finding these songs that everybody loved and didn't know should be to a fight song or to a fight scene, but now they are? Yes and no, because the Return of the Mac, the legendary episode Ryan and talk about a lot on and off air, uh, <laughs> is such an old song that I don't know if you'll... You're like, oh, that song. Like, I don't know. It, it's not Cisco level. You're not going to be like, oh, I remember that one hit wonder guy. But, like, to sort of answer your question, but not, like, I don't know if they're revitalizing all of these hits. Like, they should be revitalizing all of these terrible inventions. But you don't watch this episode or this uh, show every week, Cassie. And so Mike and I are always talking about, like, is this is this a good one? Is this weird? Is this, like, too in-depth? Is this too, like, you have to watch it forever? And I'm so stoked that you watched this one because it there was a lot of plot and there was some character development, but it had all of the things that we love. Like, yeah. things are getting too serious and we love each other too much and evil dictators are going to ruin the world. And also, Cisco! And that, <laughs> like, it's a fucking episode of MTV Spring Break and then we all just party for the rest of the episode. They had to, they were fighting in the hall of bad ideas against all these immortal villains uh so they grabbed the bad ideas so you got ava with the shake weights bouncing people in the face but the best is nate just grabbed a bunch of energy drinks and kept either pounding them to drink them or pounding the face and dancing like cisco while he beats people up it's fucking art yeah i mean like nate's probably a good fighter and then his what is it citizen steel Uh uh-huh his colossus like that's a lot of power there but also he's always nate and so uh he loves energy drinks and he can't stop listening to Cisco and dancing when he hears it. So it's not the best warrior to have out there, but it's true to character. That is what Nate would do. He's also the perfect one to have to like pump up Cisco. For anybody who didn't know Cisco and was on the fence about him, like Nate was there to let you know this song bangs and it's you're going to get a lot of it later. Well, there's so many like subtle and legends I wouldn't call a subtle show, but there's subtle hints of exactly how old Nate was. Like it, it, like he was in high school or college when Thong Song came out cuz only those people are this pumped up for the Thong Song. And he and he's he's smart and meta enough to know they're about to fight and he goes, "No, no, no, no. I know we got to fight," but runs back to hit that button. <laughs> he's like, "We need this." But also wanted to hit it initially and all the people stopped him. And they were right mm-hmm. to stop him. But eventually Nate and Cisco it's they will get their way. It's fucking Ian Malcolm chaos theory. Eventually, Cisco <laughs> finds a way, and it will get played. It's Chekhov's thong song. Nate reminds me a lot of the Twenty One Jump Street movie, where uh-huh. he wasn't cool in college, but then ten years later, he thinks he knows how to be cool, and then time has yes. passed, and everybody's like, "Yes, can't say or act like that anymore." Yes. And but I don't think Nate did say or act like I do think he was probably a nerdy historian kid. Oh, for sure. But yeah. now now he's being everything he wishes he was in college, which is just a goof bro. He was such a nerdy historian kid that he was like studying the history of how to be cool currently and then applying <laughs> it a decade later and just not being cool. But he's fucking Nate, so come on. He's been his time mastering that. I want to know, how do you guys feel? So we, like, they nailed the jokey part that they always do on Legends. But like you said, there was a lot of plot. So how do how were those moments for you guys? Like, did you get enough, like, closure and plot wrap-up from this episode? Yeah, I, I think building up, they, they there's a line they say, and again, Legends isn't subtle, but it works for everything they're doing. And they say they went from trashing history to weaponizing it because the fates had to change the game plan for what the legends are doing. And I'm like, I'm all about legends taking our current leadership to task uh, and, and getting more a uh, little social justice than legends definitely normally does. And I'm all about legends having dialogue that would be on the movie poster. You know, like, that, like <laughs> that's just straight up what would be on the poster. And they just say it out loud and it's totally fine. I will say that this ran through a lot of plot. As so many season finales do, we're like, oh, man, you guys have a lot of things to tie up. And we wrapped up the the loom, you know, and we wrapped up Astra, and we wrapped up Charlie, and there were so many things going on. Uh, but I didn't feel rushed. I just – it was busy as opposed to rushed. So I would say, like, a step better mm-hmm. than that, you know? Yeah, a step better than the rush. I do wish, because, like, the Charlie big thing is basically the opposite of the Thong song, where she has one of the hell weapons to kill her older sister and instead says – I forgive you and hugs her. And I'm like, I wish we knew any amount of their relationship leading up to this. Like, it feels like it's a very impactful moment if you watched all the extended scenes throughout the season. And uh, I don't think this was COVID shortened. Like, all the other CW shows were, but, like, this was actually the story that they set out to tell. So, like, Mm -hmm. you can't blame that on disease. 
and especially it's made worse because I think the Zari Zari 2.0 Behrad really worked yes. uh, and and was very emotional. And so it just overshadowed and highlighted like how the Charlie one didn't really click the way. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I do think that Zari is more fleshed out than Charlie. And yeah. it's a little unfair because there's twice as many. Um, <laughs> but uh, and seeing Zari 1.0. Uh, hurts me in a couple of ways because one, uh, I spent a lot of episodes with her, and two, I have a, <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've hinted at this before very subtly. You guys may have not have picked this up, but uh, my fictional crush on Zari 1.0 knows no bounds. Uh, my heart. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh well. Did you know? Did you, know that? No. you were so subtle about it. <laughs> no idea. Guys, uh, the the ponytail, the flannel, the the fucking Converse. Are you kidding me? Um, but she says that she's going to be the one that goes. Um, because it's her turn to say, it's it's her turn to say Beirat as opposed to the other one, and then she goes and fuck man like at that point I don't give a shit how how well you told the loom story you know yeah. like uh, this I'm all in on this right now yeah for 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 so Nate is sad Zari one two point feels weird Beirat is because one never knew Beirat as an adult like all of it like and for this goofy ass sister show to be able to pull. This multiple timeline dead sibling saving each other off is bananas. And I, Mike, I read that same article that you did. The because for some reason Entertainment Weekly is covering Legends like it's peak yeah. lost, like because <laughs> they got nothing else to do, man. <laughs> like uh, I don't know why they're doing all these hardcore interviews, but like the guy who runs the show is very straightforward. It's expensive and hard to have two Zaris. I, I'm sorry, but like it just it sucks. <laughs> and they picked one, and I'm very sad because. I, I don't know if we talked about this, but like I have a like a real crush on Zari yeah. 1.0. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, do you? No, we talked about it. <laughs> but they picked they picked 2.0 because it does solve a lot of weird problems with like uh, who's hooking up with who, you know, and that makes yeah. more sense. Uh, but ultimately, just the decision to go with one, you know, I appreciate that he was just like, man, money, you know, yeah. what am I gonna do? <laughs> you gotta do. It. And but but having two of them for the short bit, we did gave awesome moments like Zari one overhearing Zari 2 make out with John over the intercoms and not knowing, like, I don't want to know what my own kiss sounds sound like. Uh, and then Mick uh, is pretty good at, like, one-lining jokes. And him, at the end, everybody's very emotional. And he's just saying, there were two of them? Uh, that got me. My Last week, we did the Legends of Tomorrow uh, penultimate episode. And my moment of the week was Bayrod waiting one beat and then saying, wait, there's two Zaris? <laughs> Mick waited an entire another episode after that and then realized that's some Mick Rory shit right there. But was but, the was the episode enough to give you guys closure on Zarya Point One, specifically you, Ryan? Are you are you okay with this? Uh well yeah, I mean I did call my lawyers. I'm not gonna file for divorce like I had planned, because uh, okay. I guess she's leaving. Uh but what was shocking to me is that I feel so much more closure on Zari Zari and Bayrod than I do Charlie and mm-hmm. I just, I always thought that Charlie was, I'm not going to say a hawk person, because that's fucking insulting. Yeah, that's rude. But never really made it to that level where, and I mean, even Nate did. But Charlie never made it to that level where, like, I know how much I'm supposed to be caring, and now she's gone, and I feel like it was a ton of missed opportunities. Yeah, to to get the actress who played Vixen to come back as the shapeshifter, and then we find out she's a fate, they kept doing plot stuff to her, never character stuff to her. And we found out too late in the game that she was a fate, and too late in that game to, to have her relations with her sister for any of the emotional stuff to hit. And I thought one of the things, too, that they never figured out is that, like, okay, so Nate is not working, right? But the actor who plays Nate sort of talks like this and jokes like this. Let's just have him do that on the show. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it, cl- it feels very natural. But with Charlie, it felt like they just kept trying new things, literally like changing her character. And then also, she felt awkward in delivering the lines in the way that they told her. They should have right. just let Maisie, Maisie yeah. go off. She felt awkward on some lines, maybe, but she nailed it on that final. Like They let her sing like almost that full song, and she fucking kicked ass at that. That was... The- Mr. Parker's cul-de-sac theme song, punk rock version. I don't know. I was sort of torn on that because I sort of like songs how they are. I don't like when they take good songs and then make them punk, like pop punk versions of the song. You're not into that? Yeah, I think that's so weird. Like, why would they do that? 
You're going to lie to us this day on your birthday. Absolutely wild. But I do respect this crew because you guys always say like how close they are. And that like that moment we just cut to she was like, I know a place to go for drinks. And then it cuts to this punk concert and they are all in their punk attire. They, like, they have <laughs> all dressed up for that shit. And like that is that enthusiasm that I love. And, and they all yeah, just have that. I also love the idea that like no matter what how you dress, you know, like no matter where you shop, just have one punk outfit in your dresser somewhere that you can throw on when it's called for you're gonna have to need it it's gonna happen unless you're constantine and just wear the same clothes every (laughs) smelly day then you absolutely will not change under no circumstances um but you guys as i said i'm new to legends and at the end we got sarah was abducted by like aliens oh yeah Mm -hmm. i want to know what's the likelihood that i get aliens next season because i'm all for that thousand percent i think it's it's definitely aliens but also they did it in the legends most way none of the other teammates noticed because they're too shit-faced like Mm -hmm. this is the only show we watch that the crew is all allowed to get drunk enough that they lose their captain sarah lance captain sarah lance you are the most important member of this team you're the one that we cannot lose Anyway, what are you guys talking about? Let's talk about things. And then she just she's gone. She's just gone and nobody knows. <laughs> Fully abducted into the sky. So I'm incredibly excited for there to be aliens. Like, do you think it's a full season arc or is it just like we get the first season, first episode dealing with like some aliens? Based on the EW thing, I feel like that they're <laughs> saying like we're very excited and we don't know what else to do. So we're going to do aliens. Yep. And I also have another theory is that uh, Katie Lotz is a filmmaker now. And so right. this is sort of a way for her to, like, direct half the episodes or have a voice in a way that, like, you know, being Sarah every week doesn't allow her, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, you guys, we're almost out of time to end this. I just want real quick. Did they did they stick the landing with their finale? Hell yes. Hell yeah. 100%. Like I said in the beginning, like, uh, to have all of this stuff come together and all of these things, all these storylines, like, be finished and then... Uh, here are shake weights. There is Cisco. I'm going to punch you with shake weights. Yes, that is what amazing. Legends is. Truly amazing. Well, as we said, there's a finale. Uh, you should watch it if you haven't gotten a chance yet. Up next, we're going to go to our pull list and talk about all the other shows we watched this week. We're here for the pull list. Our first show starting everything off is Vagrant Queen. In the season one finale of Vagrant Queen, the final battle happens. Lazalo gets the resistance ships to fire on each other. Alita's mom is alive, and Amaze's brother shows up and doesn't really interact with any of our cast. Meanwhile, Alita kills Lazlo and is going to use that magic thing to send Isaac back to Earth while destroying the mind control ability. Whew! Taste buds, you fucked up by not watching this, and I ask you this. <laughs> if I told you the Queen Mother betrays everyone and hopped the ship to take over Earth, is that about where you'd have guessed the first season would end? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like she was such a... I have this plan. Everyone should stick to my plan. I'm the queen, so I, so I get to do it. And then, yeah, like just not listening to it, it, it. It's almost as if she did not watch the first nine episodes of Vagrant Queen. She really didn't. She really thought that even though she hasn't seen uh, Alita in 16 years, and Alita has a different name, uh, that she knows her. She tries to do like, I know you. And Alita's like, nah, you don't. <laughs> like, oh, did she actually call out for that? Because like, that was the one that got me last time with her, like uh, the guy who used to train her or whatever. He was like, mm-hmm. I know you. I was like, dude, you don't know her. It's a whole different person now. But the, well, like, first that was all the flashbacks though, is that like the queen would say something and then it would cut to a little girl, Alita, and she'd be like, what? No, you don't yeah. know me. <laughs> the, the, the queen mother tries to tell her she's like no no no. we need that it's it's a weapon in the wrong hands but in ours it could be a tool and alita straight up like no that's insane uh we're destroying it you're wrong and we want to send my best friend home back to meet his kid uh and then the mom pulls out a gun on all of them and oh, bails damn. it and we find oh, out man. the mom killed the king uh because he was worse he was super straight up dictatorial so even though laszlo is awful mm. everything he was saying about the monarchy was just true and to reveal all of that it was it was way better done than i thought the show could do dang so that first time i wondered like why they like got the kiss out in the first episode but i see it was because they were actually doing some work on the second part of this finale like they handled everything yeah in one of the flashbacks we see uh little alita get this pet it's like a seal dog thing and she wants to put it in her mom's gardens and her mom's like no uh if that it'll kill the ecosystem trying to teach her about like what sacrifice is like we had to kill the pet blah blah blah. and then somebody else is like oh what she's like no i just didn't want to kill my garden letting you know the queen mother is just a fucking villain okay it's awesome (laughs) which which is crazy this is like it's why it's sort of a show of the 80s where instead of saying like no it sucks to be you know it sucks to be the queen and i have to keep the ecosystem going and like that means hard decisions instead it's just adults are awful 
and they make evil decisions for no reason because they're pricks. Hell yeah. I am surprised that they killed Lazaro in this first season, though. Like, that is the part that I find surprising is that he's not, like, so is he dead dead? Like, he's not lingering? Oh, he dead dead. Oh, dang. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that part does surprise dead, dead. me. With Isaac leaving, it seems a little bit like, we don't know if there's going to be a second season. Let's just well, do Well, Isaac's stuff. not leaving now. But Isaac's not leaving, and now we have a villain that definitely surpasses Laszlo, right? Yeah. Is worse. Uh, and we finally will have Earth. Yes, your galaxy. Oh, Guys, we did a weird thing with the show where we were all about it for a while, and then all three of us just stopped. You yeah, know, for like, me, it's just the week that the day of the week it falls on for y- me. It's just- yeah, that's true. Like to, to re- show a little leg revealed behind the curtain, they moved it to Thursday nights. Yeah, and that's hard to get done before we record. Which means for streaming, it's Friday nights. So you got you got a one shot on that thing. But honestly, it's like a great show. I am like I do want to go back and watch these now. I sp- definitely want to watch this episode for sure. It's definitely uh, like better than the average show that we talk about, and it mm-hmm. gives us so much more to talk about than like a lot of times. It's just like, hey, Barry Allen, <laughs> look at that boy, was Barry Allen. <laughs> Isaac ran into three different rooms throughout this episode, and either said, "When when Alita first sees her mom's alive," he interrupts their moment by going, "Surprise, buddy!" <laughs> and he and he yells, "Blank, buddy!" three different times. It's this is a delightful show. Love that, uh, Mike. Do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, Alita has this badass spear, and she's going to the throne room to take down Lazaro for the final time. And she's like, gives like a very like uh, Russell Crowe from Gladiator like speech. She's yelling, and then he's not there. And then we get like a montage of her just like kicking armor around the ground, sitting on his throne, like just waiting and being bored. Her dramatic moment gets totally undercut, and that's why the show is great. <laughs> it has beautiful moments like that. Uh, you could stream it all on Sci-Fi. It's a Sci-Fi show. You should. I'm going to. Our next show is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mac and Deke set out to protect Malik while the rest of the team looks for Mac and Deke. Eventually, everyone learns who Malik is, and Daisy takes it upon herself to put a hit out on Malik, demanding that Deke shoot him. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Has Daisy become a little too Daisy? I mean, she's always been pretty Daisy, right? But I, I, uh, I don't know if she's learning anything as opposed to, like, doubling down on her previous actions. Yeah, now she just has a skill set she didn't have before. Like, she can fight and she has superpowers, but she's not. She's still like, fuck authority, I know the right way to do things. She hasn't learned that way, which, if the show handles it, could be very cool. If the show doesn't handle it well, then it's just kind of lazy and they're not thinking about it. Would you say that it does not bother her to be courageous? I don't think it bothers her to be courageous. And she doesn't know what it means. She straight up is saying, kill baby Hitler. Damn the... Which is dumb because that's what the Chromacons are trying to do. So it's showing like emotions can get you in the way of the big picture. The other thing too is that if uh, the phone call went to Mac or Malik, <laughs> I guess, uh, she wouldn't have <laughs> said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she would have told Malik to just, dude, you have to kill yourself. Do it right now. But if it went to Mac, she would have been like, oh, this is crazy. But she's also trying to like use Deke's crush yeah. on you know, telling him what to do for sure. And that's, I I like, like this is not a team of everybody is like in line. They all have a slightly different version of what they think should happen for what they think the greater good is. And she is not above manipulating somebody's emotions to get that done. And it's confusing because now Mac is in charge, but Colson is back and no one ever really thought Mac was in charge. And although we don't think that's real Colson, now we don't know who to listen to. It's a lot like when Barack Obama is like, Hey, I'm going to give a speech at five. And 5 p.m. and we're just like, I don't know who our president is. Like, who do we listen to? Who do we follow? Barack it, Obama. I don't yeah. think it's I'm, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> uh, and then we get the end thing where May is fully awake and she's trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, Enoch, yeah. for time purposes, for team purposes, does not want her to walk out into 1930, whatever it is. And she fights him. And this May is a little different. but Oh, yeah. Something's wrong with May. That part's not different, though. All Maze at all times would have fucking kicked the shit out of Enoch as hard as she could. Not to the point that, because I don't know, did she know he was a Chromicon? Maybe she, she figured out, but like, it, we could see his circuitry. It was one of the most brutal things this show has ever done. Having her slam his head repeatedly into that chair was hard to watch, and it's a robot. Like, <laughs> Enoch has uh, been a, a, like a lot of plot devices and like deliverer of dialogue, and in this mm-hmm. third act... Man, you really, like, when he gets the shit kicked out of him and then he's left off the ship at the end, you really have to come to terms with how you feel about Enoch. And I was surprised. 
Yeah, F- Feltmore, you're like, oh, he's funny, and he is, like, sweet in the way uh, this robot can be. I also like he is smart because he's like, oh, no, I uploaded the Hunter Fight Protocol because I am a robot and we've been on a weird adventure and I'm sick of not knowing how to fight. I was like, good job, show. <laughs> this episode was titled Know Your Onions, and it's because of uh, Enoch making a drink for Patton Oswalt at the end. But I thought we were going to reference, Mike, do you remember Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Other Dalliances and Onions? Yes, uh, I remember it well enough that I brought it up at your wedding. And by brought it up, I mean made everybody listen to me talk about it because you s- cut an onion, smell it, and then do a shot. Cassie, there's a previous episode what? of Agents of Shield where uh, they like there's like these Russian bigs, and they're like, "Here's how you take a shot." And I think it's is it like the sort of like lime with tequila? Yeah, is but it- it's the Russian style. <laughs> so <laughs> you bite an onion and then you take a shot of oh, pure no. human urine. I think and. Uh, Mike and I liked that episode so much that he brought that into his best man toast at my wedding <laughs> and made every single person at my wedding take a bite of an onion. And I then, pulled onions out of my pockets. <laughs> and then take a shot. So this was different onions. This is just this like the delightful garnish. Yeah, the little like, not shallots, but the the, per, the baby pearl onions. And I do love, I would watch a whole spinoff show about Enoch and Patton Oswalt running a speakeasy together for the next 20 years. Oh, for sure. Do you know what show I just remembered? Uh, do you remember when... Louis C.K. and Steve Buscemi had that like weird show about the bar. Howard and Maude. What was it called? Hank and Larry. Hank and Larry. Uh, That's what they could do. Just like this weird sitcom drama about Patton and Enoch hanging out. And no Louis C.K. That's no, no, yeah, yeah, probably not. They can't. I mean, he's busy. You can't get two comedians from the '90s. Then that's the only reason why I'm sure. I haven't kept up. Is it's fine. It don't matter. Uh, Mike, actually, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, uh, a fucking badass moment for Mac is they are fighting the Chromicons, and Teek's like, we don't have any weapons. And Mac says, speak for yourself, hops out behind boxes, and just punches one and takes it from the robot. So now he also has a laser gun. <laughs> Mac is fucking awesome sometimes. <laughs> to That's be fair, he said, uh, speak easy for yourself, you aces, dames, gams. Yeah. M- Mike, we didn't talk about this. How, what do you, what'd you think of Cassie's intro last week, where uh, she laid out all of the 1930s... Uh, dialogue in the I think she's a time traveler she said it all a little too perfectly and I'm worried (laughs) I would no guys I would never I'm totally from this time uh Ryan do you got a moment of the week I am from this time I know I am and I never say what you just said my moment of the week is (laughs) I can't believe we watched the last episode and we never asked why is Patton Oswalt in this episode like that question should have been brought up and in this episode they answered it uh there you know uh Enoch is like you know, you're pretty handsome. There should be a lot more of you. And I'm a robot and I can make clones. And Patton Oswalt is just like, interesting. And that, <laughs> that's why we have future Patton. Explained it all. Well, you guys, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on Wednesdays on ABC. Our next show is Snowpiercer. This week on Snowpiercer, Leighton explores Snowpiercer's black market with Till, searching for both the killer and a valuable commodity for his revolution. Meanwhile, Melanie stages a prize fight to distract the passengers from mounting class tensions. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did you track with that little thing that in the test tube that was going back and forth that Leighton ended up giving to the tailies? I, I knew it was important. I don't know what it is still. All right. So it's one of two things, which means the answer to your question is no. But uh, <laughs> everybody is on the hunt for this drug, right? There's mm-hmm. some drug that you can take that uh, it's super awesome and it turns your gums black and you turn into a uh, person full of pimples. Super uh, awesome, yes. And then there's also this other microchip that if you have it in your hand or eye or something, it opens whatever door you want in the 1,001 cars on the train. Man. And I never, I could never tell which one was which. Yeah, it did seem like we were tracking two things for a while, so I don't know what he gave the tailies. And it was, I thought he was romantic with that girl, but they kissed for the first time, and it was just so he could slip that thing to her. Uh, so they're not together? Little- that was just a... Or they were, but he's like, I'm sorry. And like, it is is very confusing who relates how. And I think it's survival mode. They raised that kid together, but they were never actually truly romantic. Maybe she felt things for him, but he always had a thing for the girl who left, who he slept with this ep- last episode. This right, episode. in the last episode. Uh, but yeah, like, but I'll be honest that if David Diggs was talking to me and then he moved in for a big French kiss, and even though it's just to like pass something to my mouth, I'd still go in. I'd be like, "Oh, for sure." You're not, not going to deny up, that. <laughs> let's do this. Let's do this. I will say this. I this was in one way the best episode of the series so far because of the flow. It just was less mm. clunky than everything else. 
But this show really relies on you to never stop and say, but wait, what? Like, we're sort of of doing right now. And, like, it's so insane and not, like, in a cool, crazy, lynchian way. Like, they just do not give a shit about any sort of logic on any level of screenwriting. Yeah, I I think they they know how charismatic Diggs are. So I could just watch him do whatever and I'm into it. And how, like, riveting it is to watch Jennifer Connelly be evil. And they're like, well, we got our two leads. Nothing else really matters, right? And I think they're relying on the fact that, like, all right, third episode, right? Third? Yeah. Um, you guys know the plot lines, so just watch them happen. And so we're like, hey, I finally know what's going on, even though your initial question was, what's going on? And so, like, we don't stop and complain, but if you if you think about any part of it for one second, it's like, none of this makes sense. But I do think little moments are carrying it. Uh, the head of security, the Irish guy who calls out that Wilford's speech is paraphrasing Churchill and Connolly looking like furious that this guy she thought was a dumb mook uh-huh. is calling her laziness out. Like, if they keep doing smaller character moments like that or Diggs slapping the British guard, like, he's like, oh, my handcuffs are off. I'm also going to slap the guy we're interrogating even <laughs> though I shouldn't be allowed to class-wise. I, I, I love that moment where that guy called out Churchill because if you've ever been a college student, uh, you have had parts of your essays or speeches or whatever where you really wanted the crowd to think that you thought of that, and then somebody uh-huh. in the audience was like, uh, no, that's, no, you did not think of that. That's from Wikipedia. You are quoting Wikipedia. <laughs> what, um, what, I know we always, like, the trains are a big part of this, each room. Did we get any, what train room were we in? Was there any cool, specific? Oh, my God, Cassie, it's fight night. And it's fight night? Everyone in all 1,001 cars are talking about that there's going to be a boxing match, and then it takes place in one car where there's, like, what, 200 people in it? Yeah. Yeah, well, you gotta pay, I'm sure you got to pay to go in. And there's, like, the groundlings, and then the rich people watch from above with opera glasses. <laughs> wow. Wow, that sounds, that sounds amazing. I'm in for that. Uh, Mike, do you actually have a moment of the week? Yeah, it's... Uh, they're ta- trying to track down the drugs, and Diggs is like, you guys don't know where it is that's weird because authoritarian states usually run their own drug trade and she says we're not an authoritarian state and his response is uh okay and then laughs in her face and it got me it got me really good yeah the best part about the show is uh how to Diggs is like i know how this runs and every time he says something out loud all the authoritarians are like shit how did he know they found us out god damn it he read the um, wikipedia page he knows I, I've got two. One is I actually liked how uh, it was like the narration at the beginning was the doctor talking about currency and how like everyone understands how the train works, including the doctor who's like, yeah, it's just, you know, currency. Like you trade a thing and then you trade a thing and then when you, you don't want that anymore, you trade a thing. And then like everything is built on I have something that people want and I'm going to give it to somebody else to get something. Um, So like sort of like them laying out the premise of the show actually worked for me. But come on, the real moment of the week is where uh, David goes and talks to the underworld leader who is also a janitor, and Mm -hmm. he can't not just always bring up janitorial things in everything (laughs) he says. The whole time he's like, look, the world is a mop, and I'm a trash can. The world world needs a new trash bag, and I'm going to use one of those clipper things to pick it up. And just like at at a certain point, just like be the Vito Corleone that the train needs to stop bringing up janitorial issues. Well, he's also running for his underlings their to do list for tomorrow. Like, <laughs> least, you still got to do your custodial jobs. Uh, my least moment of the week, though, is that in this episode, Leighton eats a date and an apple, and he's totally fine with just like eating new food now. There's not that orgasmic yeah. face that we have with the grilled cheese. Yeah, I mean that just shows how like quickly you get used to it. You're not going to treasure it forever. Well. R.I.P. to the good times. Uh, Snowpiercer is on Sundays on TNT. Our final show of the week is Stargirl. On this week's Stargirl, we get a glimpse at the darker side we knew had to come when the death of a classmate by Icicle's hand is the turning point for Courtney and Pat. Pat sees it as a confirmation to stay away from the superhero life. While, while it f- refuels Courtney, Courtney's belief that this is her calling. She decides that what she needs is a super crew, and this episode ends with her setting out to rebuild the JSA. So, Taste Buds, I ask you, are you excited for Tiny Child JSA? Fuck yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I like, I thought this was a really good episode, uh, but it was still, like, putting pieces in order. Because Mm -hmm. when she was, she snuck back in, fuck Luke Wilson, I'm going to do what I want, 
And then she was like, all right, let's go get us a team. And then, like, grabbed her club, and it cut to mm-hmm. music and end credits. And I was like, yeah! Where's Why the can next I episode? Uh, yeah, Pat, Pat, uh, Pat Luke Wilson is an idiot because uh, – so the the boy dies. The magician kid dies. And Patrick Wilson's like, you know what? We need to stop this here life. I know it'll stop her. I'm going to take her to the Hall of Justice and show her all the dope toys that'll turn her <laughs> friends into superheroes. That'll make her not want to fight crime anymore. Yeah, like, look, I, I really don't want you to have premarital sex. I'm just going to show you all this sweet, sexy porn, and you'll <laughs> never think about it again. It starts with like an underground layer. Like, how is that not going to be the most exciting thing ever? Like, he's like, people didn't know this existed. What's up? Here it is. But it is funny because there's like the Green Lantern's lantern, uh, the old Green Lantern, whose weakness was wood, it's not like a, yellow. And it's not a ring. It's like a literal lantern. It's a literal lantern. Around. It's like camping lantern. And like the, the, the lightning pen that giggles, the, that terrifies me. And he said it's the most dangerous thing in there. Who was that and attached that to? Thunderbolt or jo- Johnny Thunder, I think. Uh, sure. Old, old fucking heroes, man. Back in my day. You were young. Uh, so it, it, there's all these things that give powers. And then she just grabs... A cowl, because Wildcat just hits people hard. She's like, all right, these powerful things and just uh, a mask. And she takes the time to apologize to the owl that's sitting there. She's just like, sorry, owl, I'm going to take this. Thank you. How does this owl eat? That's that's what I wanted to know. Like, can the owl get out? Now we're getting to the real issues. How does this owl eat? The whole Wildcat thing is Pat's fault. And by the way, Mike, it's Luke Wilson who plays Patrick. Patrick Wilson is not in the show. The the king of Vorp is not in the show. Uh, But he... He speaks about Wildcat in the same way that he does about like Green Lantern or Starman. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this kid, he was, he was like basically the Superman of the day or Green Lantern had the power of aliens. Wildcat was a champion boxer who won a <laughs> couple of bouts. So I can see how she's like, fuck yes, let's get Wildcat. Gotta have Wildcat. Uh, but speaking of Pat, you guys, we had an almost competent Pat. Like he straight up saved like some children. And I want to know, how did this competent side of Pat treat you guys? Because it was a shock to me. Still felt a little accidental. Still felt a little bit like I'm going to pound on a button. You know, like you, you know, the elevator button is lit up, but you still keep touching it over and over yes. again. And then all of a sudden his fist comes off. And then also, although it worked, um, we still had children being murdered. So I don't, I'm not sure how good he did. That's less Pat's fault and more Courtney's fault. Like, or less Courtney. It's Icicle. It's Icicle's, Icicle's fault. Icicle. Let's not blame the fucking. <laughs> Blame the child on this. No, but right. she, she, Pat was like, Icicle is actually dangerous. Don't take the fight to him. She's like, nah, I can handle it. And took the fight to where she couldn't. And he, because he's a straight up real villain and he's good at what he does, uh, used civilian casualties to get to her. It is nice to watch anybody competent, even if they're a villain. And I still thought, even though, oh, this character's introduced in this episode. So in any other show, I would know that he'll be dead soon. But this is the CW, so he'll be fine. He's on the team. And then... When he dies, I'm still thinking, like, no, he's fine. Something else happened. And then when I saw the... Hold on. It's okay, Ryan. When I saw those cards fly (laughs) slow motion through the air. And on one hand, it's like, I have never seen the CW do anything like this. And then on the other hand, it's like, oh, you handle it in the most CW way possible. Uh Uh, You murdered a fucking 15-year-old nerd and had playing cards slowly float through the air. Yeah, it, it was surprising because I thought, like, I know both a good and bad teenage team are going to start getting. So I thought he was going to be on one of them, uh, and he's the magician's son. And it, he made, he gave Courtney a really good moment. She's not just like a punk ass because he's practicing for this talent show everybody really cares about in this little Nebraska town. And he fucks it up, and she pauses and lies. So this nerdy kid doing magic in public won't be reamed even more than she knows he is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I thought this episode was fucking great. And another thing, too, is that uh, the magician, period, the wizard or whatever he is, he goes to school's house and he says, tell me you did not kill my son. And he knows he did, but yeah. he still hopes that he didn't. And I don't think that it's the fact that, like, Icicle is more powerful than the magician. You know, like, if they had a full-on battle, it would be even. But the magician was like, I want to be a dad, and I'm sad about my son. Mm-hmm. And the school's like, fuck all of this. I'm yeah. out for blood right now. It, it is interesting. What is it with ice villains and tragic backstories? Because we find out Icicle's wife had cancer and died, and her dying words were, fix this country, make it safe for our boy. And that's like what's propelling him forward. I don't know what's going on with me right now, guys, but when that fucking kid gave his dying cancerous mom that picture, I was a little 
for clamps. Oh, like was... I was like, oh my god, like this is like Guardians of the Galaxy making me sad. It was it was heartbreaking. It was honestly way sadder than I thought for this episode. But, but she also... saves her final words to say, "Be a villain, <laughs> do it." That's where it was so like she was like, "No, just make the world a better place, but destroy absolutely anybody who gets in your way." And of course, that's the part that he's really focusing in on. So it is like this is all getting a whole lot darker than I would have ever expected from the show. Like first of all, that kid was murdered, and it was like he intentionally targeted like his like partner's kid. In order mm-hmm. to like get back at him, like just for not being like competent at his job, this guy is wild. And so I'm legit scared of the what is it, uh, Injustice League? Yeah, I think it's the Injustice uh, League. Yeah, <laughs> of the stupidest name, the Injustice League of Un-America. So I'm like, I'm scared of them, but also like one of my favorite comic books to read when I was a kid was when like Captain America with the Avengers or Cyclops with the X Men was like, fuck all this, new team. And then they got to, yeah. like, that comic book where they got to build the team. And that's what Courtney's about to do. And I'm so yeah. pumped for it. It's going to be great. Uh, Mike, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, it's I, I have two. The good one is she just straight up says, let's do some recruiting after she grabs all those tools mm-hmm. and jumped out of my chair. Uh, <laughs> and then the second one that, again, didn't know any of our shows could do this except maybe, like, Watchmen or Legion. Uh, it's just quiet. Magician gets the call that his son dies. And he walks into his house and doesn't say anything. His wife just looks at his face, says, what's wrong? He doesn't talk. She goes, and she knows the kid's dead. Mm-hmm. That was fucking heartbreaking, and I yeah. didn't know they could do that. Yeah, that but was... does it do that thing that like everyone should always do, especially on TV, which is like cut the sound? Don't, yeah. don't have your actors do that. Just like turn on music mm-hmm. and let them like face emote, you know? Yeah. Ryan, what about you? You got a moment of the week? <laughs> I have a couple. Um, Patrick hates his son. Patrick really likes Courtney, <laughs> but fucking hates his son. <laughs> He thinks he's a piece of shit. Uh, and one of his asides to Courtney was like, I have literally never seen him eat a piece of fruit, which I thought was very interesting. Um, the Icicle's name is Jordan McKent. Mm-hmm. And what was like, what was Ma- Superman's? Ma yeah, what was Superman's mom's name? It was Ma, Ma Kent. Kent. I don't know if that's a DC <laughs> thing or what the fuck is going on here. But my actual moment of the week is when Courtney is walking through the high school trying to like protect kids who are bullied and fucking fight the Mean Girls. And by the way, uh, the Mean Girls on the show are awful. They need to spend some time like making them more developed because they're just yeah. they're worse than the villains as far as like evil goes. Um, you see a little kid in a costume run behind Courtney in like a big brown costume. And uh, it's very clearly Scout in her ham costume from the end of To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, they put a little thing behind <laughs> Courtney to say, like, this is this is our Scout. You know, like, this is who she's going to be. And I really like how they, like, we didn't get a close-up on it, you know? Like, it was just, yeah. she just ran behind him. Her. <laughs> For the people who were paying attention. Uh, Ryan, my, my moment of the week goes off of one of your ones. Because uh, there's moments where you got to respect when Pat, when he's just a good old stepdad... And we get, like, in the opening scene, him just screaming about how good the oldie station is on the radio and trying to teach his son about good old classics. And um, I thoroughly enjoyed that moment. Because, one, I thought it was, like, the Fergie song that was playing initially, and then it was the actual oldie song, and then it was Pat, like, gotta respect the classics. And I was like, I just got dadded through the TV. <laughs> I also, I love Pat's maneuver there, too, because as a, like, uh, as a parent or a teacher or a podcaster or as a person, oh, are you complaining? Okay, cool. I listened to it, and I'm going to make it worse. Because he says, oh, you don't like this music? NPR. Now <laughs> listen to NPR. Well, you really got to suffer. Uh, you guys, Stargirl is a great sh- show. You should watch it. It's Mondays on the DCU, Tuesdays on the CW, and that was our last show. So that is all for the pull list. We've done it. It's the end. So now it's time to plug everything. Mike, tell us about some websites. You should go to yourpopfilter.com for everything we put out every week. If you want to support us, you could go to patreon.com slash yearpopfilter, pick a tier, spend some money, get some extra stuff and help us out. And uh, if you want to rate the show, go to ratethispodcast.com slash superhero. Got to go there. Can't forget that one. And Ryan, what all shows can the people rate? What other shows? Oh, God, Cassie, I have so many. Uh, I would go to uh, search in iTunes for ryansbirthdaypodcast.com. That's Mm -hmm. where I named a podcast after a website and then i just taste different uh <laughs> birthday cakes that have really old cartoon characters on them and, and i tell you what it... each bite is like because when you're eating a cake sometimes uh the next bite is different than the previous bite you can also go <laughs> true, to true. 
Uh, should Ryan have a sweet 16 every year instead of just a normal number? Uh, that is a podcast where I go over exactly all of the costume changes that I would go through throughout the day on my birthday. Okay, uh, that's fair. Uh, do you expect, do you explain the like gifts that you like, are you trying to get like car levels? Like, are you trying to get it, the gifts, like extravagant gifts on that one too? Or here's what solely I, here, for? It's a simple goal, Cassie. Here's what I'm trying I'm trying to turn on every single person. So uh, okay. if you're turned, like there's a large chunk that is turned on just by me normally. And mm-hmm. like, I've got you people, I've got you. And then I'm going to change into like uh, ways to like attract different sort of subsections of the population. All right. Well, that was a great birthday gift for you, Ryan, to plug those. Mike, can you tell us about some better shows? Uh, yeah, shows that have been more fleshed out and thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, our movie of the year, where every season we just drill down into a year and pick the best movie of that given year. About to start, having started, very soon we'll start, is 1985. That's very exciting. You can also go back and listen to all 100 episodes of the OCD, where Ryan and I go through episode by episode through the seminal and underrated primetime supper of the early aughts, the OC. It's on hiatus now, but 100 episodes is a lot for you to go back and dig into. And let us not forget the OC, OCD, where I take every script from the OC, and I read through them, and I do every voice, and I change my voice to be slightly different than my actual voice, and I go through all the characters. And it's really, it's like dramatic radio, but it's also like sort of like uh, sinking into what did this all mean, what was the time, you know? Well, I had, I had no idea all these were coming up. I'm so excited to learn of all these shows, Ryan. And I know the people are dying to wish you a happy birthday on social media. So how? what are our handles so they can get in touch? Uh, is this for me? This is for you, Ryan. This is your moment. I don't, I don't really have something for this. So I'll just say at your pop filter on Twitter, <laughs> uh, at your pop filter on Instagram. Uh, follow those. Follow us. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know what you would have bought me if you knew that it was my birthday. And let us know how angry you are because Cassie and Mike did not tell you in enough time that it was my birthday. Yeah, uh, I was going to tweet it out, but uh, I don't know. I guess it was a pretty light week. I could have blasted that on our Twitter. I apologize. Did something else happen this week, Mike? Not that I could think of. Uh, we also have an email contact at your pop filter. You can wish him a happy birthday there, too. And just thoroughly describe whatever gift you would get him. He's dying for it. So... That was it for this week. Next week, we are digging into a lot, you guys. Layton is getting close to discovering who Mr. Wilton is. Stargirl is getting Wildcat. You know we're excited about that. And Daniel Sousa is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that leaves me to wonder, could Agent Carter be far behind? Do it! Let's do this, you guys. It's going to be a great episode. Be sure to tune in for it. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Greg. For Greg, I'm Taylor. And me, I'm me. Bye, everyone. Let me see that I'm